powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. My question's a simple one, right? Right? This is it. Uh, yeah. The Seahawks and Geno Smith have reached an agreement on a new three-year deal. So now it becomes what's next for Seattle. And we talked about, um, you know, uh, moving forward with defense, uh, the draft, all that stuff. Now I want to get to a more philosophical question with what's next. How about a Super Bowl? Can you win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith on this contract? So let's start there. Can Geno Smith win you a Super Bowl bump? Can that's the million? It's the uh, hundred and five million dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> now, can Gino win you a Super Bowl? I'm going to say a lot before I tell you my answer. That's okay. All right, we got time. Is it likely that Gino wins your Super Bowl? Nah, it ain't likely. The odds are not in the Seahawks' favor. They are not in Gino's favor. They're not even in Gino's favor to repeat what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Right? Who's the favorite? You got your Mahomes, your Joshes, those guys at the top. They are more likely to win a Super Bowl than Geno. Why are they more likely to win a Super Bowl? The Bills over there, you got that offense. Defense was banged up last year, but you got some guys there. You got to sign Tremont and and Poyer over there at that safety spot. Or Tremaine, I should say, not Tremont, Tremaine. Um, You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Can you win there? You got Joe Burrow over there. Joe Mixon tripping, shooting guns in his house as of late. <laughs> you know, But you still got Jamar Chase. You got Higgins. You got a decent defense over there. And then you have to knock off the champion himself and Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, but they got some things going too. You got Frank Clark who's going to be, uh, is he be, has he been cut already? I don't know that he has, but there's reports that he will be. So let's just say he's out of the picture. He's out the picture. Orlando Brown has been franchise tag. That's risky right there. You look at the odds for Gino to do it. You go, no, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank my house on him. Can he do it is a different question. Of course he can. And I'm going back in the time and, and go ahead and light me up on the text lines. Okay. But I'm going back in time and I go, everyone looks at Trent Dilfer and say, well, he did it. Everyone can do it. We also had one of the greatest defense of all time, um, set up for him to do it. You know, we played in the conference championship game. You played Rich Gannon. You had two old, Average quarterbacks going at it in year 2000. As Gen Z would say, very mid-quarterbacks. Very mid-quarterbacks. Now, Rich Gannon did have a bounce a year after that and, and had a great year, right? Not not knocking not knocking those men at all. And then I look like, when's the last time that a mid, as the, the kids say, yeah. quarterback won a Super Bowl? You got to stick with the Baltimore Ravens. And I go, Joe Flacco made himself a whole bunch of money yeah. after that in 2012. So there were 12 years in between, I would say, just average quarterbacks winning you Super Bowls. So it's not going to happen often, but can it happen? Yeah. It's been 10 years since the last time I saw an average quarterback win a Super Bowl and to go back to Joe Flacco. Now, is Gino going to be able to do it on his own? No. All those situations I just mentioned had some help. They had defenses out there. You got Ray Lewis and the gang over there, man. That that um that Baltimore when they beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl, you had the lights go out and a return for a touchdown. Things need not to happen. <laughs> Things need to happen. Is it likely? No, it is not likely. Okay, but if John Schneider, Pete Carroll, they go out, they find themselves a hog in the box on that defensive line. They take care of a couple guys on defense you need to bring back. 
You address the offensive line. There are things that need to happen. Even with the Kansas City Chiefs, when they won their Super Bowl this year, things needed to happen. You needed Juju Smith-Schuster to look better than he did when he left Pittsburgh. You needed Isaiah Pacheco, a sixth, seventh-round draft pick, to turn on late in the season and get it going. You needed an offensive line that was good to handle the best defensive line in the game, and you need to stay healthy. So, look, I'm just saying, is it likely that Geno's going to win a Super Bowl here? No. But is it possible? Yes. And then I want to correct myself. 206, good point. He's not an average quarterback. Geno is an above-average quarterback. Okay? But there's a reason why Geno's in the position that he's in right now. Because he banked on himself, and the Hawks paid him because they know that he can keep the ship afloat if they start adding pieces around him. So, long answer to a short question. Can he do it? Yeah, he can do it. Is it likely? No, it's not likely. It's a good answer. I'll also say there are some people saying Nick Foles. I think the reason that Bump didn't include Nick Foles is he's talking about full season long. Back in 2017, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz was a starter for 13 games. They were 11 and two. So that candidate MVP candidate. So that's why Nick Foles isn't being included here because it's talking about like this is their quarterback. Nick right. Foles came in and did an amazing job. It was a great story. It was one of my favorite Super Bowls I've ever seen. Super Bowl 52. Uh, however, the reason that Nick Foles isn't being included in this conversation is who was their quarterback that year. Mm-hmm. It was Carson Wentz, and right. he appeared with them through a good chunk of the season, like three quarters of the season. Um, <laughs> Eli Manning won two is, is a perfect answer. Those two uh, Giants Super Bowl teams are just wild. Uh, let's go back to one of your points. You said, look, it, can you do it? Yes. Is it easy? No. But one of the things you need if you're going to be able to do it is a lot of talent. You looked at the Baltimore Ravens uh, in both those years and you said they had a lot of talent and not only that, but they had a lot of circumstances go their way. So let's start with talent. Does Gino's contract, we don't know all the exact details about cap hit, but does his contract, does the Seahawks situation allow them to build a talented roster around Gino? Like, how do you get that talent? You can't do it in one year, but how do you get that talent? Man, it's a great place to start. It's a great place to start to have right now about 23 million cap space, right? And to have all the picks that you have in early. Again, that's another circumstance that's helping yeah. them out right here. Ten Look, total you, picks. You got money, you got 10 picks, you got two in the top 23 in the top 37, 38. Yeah. So there's an opportunity. If done right, you're going to set yourself up to have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl than you did last year. No one's expecting them to do it. And sometimes those are the teams that get you. Mm-hmm. Are the Hawks going to prepare to win a Super Bowl? Of course. You know who their coach is? Speed Carroll. It's John Schneider. They're not going to step in front of their team and say, hey, let's just try to make the playoffs this year. When on the outside looking in, we're probably like, okay, that is a step in the right direction. Get to the playoffs now, win a game or two if you can. Um, things always have to go right, especially when you don't have – the overall talent that a lot of these other teams have. Um, so me, I'm optimistic. Now you talk to me like week five or six, then it, it might be a different answer. You, you asked me about this team before the season last year. I'm telling you, there's no way they're not even making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Then I see three or four games. I see what Gino's doing. I'm like, he ain't even turning the ball over. Rashad Penny's balling right now. Uh, DK looks like he's he's doing okay. Things start to happen, and your your perspective, your perception of a team starts to change a little bit. Um, so, but right now, I'm saying, look, man, there's an opportunity to set this franchise up for years to come. Can you get lucky this year and and make a run at this thing if all goes well? Of course you can. I just. Look at look at Vegas. Vegas. Thing about Vegas is they're typically really close to they uh, are predicting odds and then things that are going to happen. I don't know what formula they do. Well, it's Y'all also let just me popular know. opinion. It's experts out there. It's people like the it's that the majority of the time patterns persist. 
Right. Right. That's really what it is. The Chiefs uh, were a good team heading into the year. Uh, The Broncos were a popular pick. The majority of the time, patterns persist. (laughs) Good teams, when there aren't huge changes, are usually going to stay pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason that Vegas sometimes misses on something like, are the Rams going to be good, is because the Rams did something that wasn't very typical. They won the fewest amount of games for any Super Bowl winner the previous year. So they didn't follow any kind of trend. They kind of broke it. They weren't banking on that. No. And they weren't banking on Aaron Donald missing games, Cooper Cup being out, drama with Akers. Um, So, yeah, it's it's always a gamble. And at the beginning of the year, for the next three years minimum, and and it's it's probably going to be longer than that just because of who this guy is, the Chiefs are always going to be favorites. Yeah, always. And they should be, be. as they should be. Um, I think that my favorite part of this conversation is uh, that I love talking about what makes for a Super Bowl team. And quarterback is obviously the most important thing. But I think sometimes um, we have conversations that are a little too abstract, meaning uh, we talk about what our ideal Super Bowl team would be and less about the tools and weapons you have to play with that year. You don't get to sit out, right? You don't get to say, I'm going to sit out this hand. I'm not going to play. You have to play every year. So what gets you to a Super Bowl that year? And that's why, to me, I settled on Geno Smith. And that's why, to me, the answer is like, can Geno win you a Super Bowl? Going to have to. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that's my answer to it. He's going to have to. Uh, we've seen examples of quarterbacks who um, are not like considered super obvious elite level talent. Uh, Russell Wilson... Too many people point to as being average. I thought he was exceptional in his first couple years. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't going to outshine that defense or Marshawn Lynch. But I am telling you, go back and watch Russell Wilson from uh, his rookie year and from 2013. He is better than you remember who's him being. Our, who's our backup then? Do you remember who it was? Uh, no. They're, they're probably not winning with the backup. Exactly. You That's know? a really good point. Um same way, actually, someone said, well, Carson Wentz was mid. Carson Wentz finished third in MVP voting in 2017 and had 33 touchdowns in 13 games. Crazy. So Carson Wentz was balling out for a minute. Carson Wentz was someone where they were like, they found their dude. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Things don't always last. But um, I think that when I look at Gino, I see enough there. I see someone who uh, was one of the best passers in football. And we try to paint him as a game manager, but he's not. He was one of also the best and most efficient passers on passes of 20 plus yards downfield. Um And then that kind of turned in the second half of the season. You saw him in his final seven weeks have seven of his 11 interceptions. I don't know. There were myriad things that changed in the in the last uh, kind of especially third of the season Mm -hmm. um, that the Seahawks are going to need to address. Uh, And part of that is is I think that Gino said in interviews, I, I had a lot of pressure. I was trying to do too much. They missed out on the run game with essentially no rusher getting more than 40 rushing yards in almost all of November uh, and through the first week uh, or so of December. Uh, So they really struggled. Interior of the offensive line struggled. I mean, there are things that they need to get right. This is not a perfect team, even with Geno coming back. But the idea of can Geno win you a Super Bowl? He's your best chance. What other chance do you have? Draft draft someone at five who ends up being the answer. Um, you know, you can you can add all the playmakers you want on defense. They aren't getting the ball snapped to him. Nah, he's all he's all you got right now, and it's and it's not a bad place to be. Honestly, you could be a number of other teams in this league, and you can legit say there's no chance, and you know what, that this team is going to a Super Bowl, yet alone make the playoffs. Texans, see you later. You ain't touching the playoffs next year. If I am wrong. 
Holler at me. Save this. You save this be. audio. <laughs> Let me know. Um, I look at who else has no freaking chance of doing anything this year. Uh, I, you know what? The Bears. Bears ain't going to yeah. the Super Bowl. They're not going to get it done. And you know why we say those things? And those teams, there's only a few teams you can say definite now because they have so many pieces me- missing. So many. You look at the Seahawks. On offense, they got two guys who can catch the rock. Hopefully two that can run it. An offensive line that was decent. Gave up a lot of sacks. We'll see they're growing right there. Defensively, we got a couple pro bowlers over there. There's something to work with to mm-hmm. where all right, if all goes well and you add a couple pieces there, you can see them doing it. Some situation, you're just like, there's no chance it's going to happen. Browns, not going down. They're trying to restructure Deshaun Watson's contract right now because he's getting paid way too much, and he has to do it because Thank it's you. a clause in it to where he can't even fight it. Look like at the Atlanta Falcons. No, I don't see that happening. There's just not enough there. There's some teams that have enough to put them in the fight. And that's all you want to do is be in the fight at some point during the season. Now, as the season goes along, teams start to separate themselves, right? The the, the elite rise and, and the weak fall and the average stay average. So at this point, yeah, he can. Yeah. I don't think he will, but he can. Uh, from the 206, get to be mediocre for the next three years. Yay, 206, probably not too excited to have Gino here. But I'll say this, and this is something that I think is sometimes hard to stomach as a Seahawks fan. Brady, Brady Bones behind the board right here. Thank you for filling in today. When's the last time the Seahawks were in the NFC Championship? 2015? Yeah. How old were you? <laughs> now I got to think. Subtract. I was... You were a teenager? 16, yeah. 17 years exactly. old. Exactly, exactly. So you want to talk about now, I am not saying the Seahawks have been mediocre by any means. They have, in fact, been one of the uh, winningest franchises over the last decade. And credit to Pete Carroll, credit to this organization for double digit wins in what, 10 of their 13 seasons or Mm -hmm. playoff appearances in 10 of their 13 seasons, at least. Uh, They've done an amazing job. This has also not been an elite franchise. No. So the idea that, oh, great. Now you have Gino. What are you going to do? This team's been trying to figure out a way back there for 10 years. And it's not easy. It's not a knock on the Seahawks. That's how hard it is. This is what it is. That's how hard it is. So if the approach with Russell Wilson wasn't working, then maybe try with Geno and something else. If the approach with Geno doesn't work, then maybe you go find your young quarterback. But you don't get to sit it out. You don't get to sit it out and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to hang tight and uh, I'm just going to not participate this year and uh, draft Caleb Williams number one overall and, and we're going to try that approach. You're not guaranteed to have it work with that either. It's not easy to get to a Super Bowl. They're just trying. Fold. No, no, I don't like this hand. I'm going to fold. Did um did the Hawks have a better year this year than they did last year? Yes. Okay, making steps in the right direction. Correct. And I know people, for some people, that's so hard for them to even uh, consume and be okay with is just taking steps in the right direction. But you just laid it out there how difficult it is to get to a Super Bowl. It's so hard. So allow them to make these steps in the right direction. Keeping Geno, good step in the right direction. Drafting tackles, good step in the right direction. Figuring out what's going to happen on defense with these with the first three picks, beautiful step in the right direction. You have to look for indicators. If these guys are being reckless with money and and they didn't have these picks, and Russell went over there to Denver and it worked out for for Denver, it didn't work out for them, then I get it. But so far, they're taking steps in the right direction. That's what I'm saying. And it's it, I just feel like sometimes we don't give enough credit to like how difficult it is to get to a Super Bowl. And that question of can Gino get you there, man, the only sure thing it's felt like have been the Patriots getting there and lately the Chiefs. So if you're only waiting to try to like contend or believe in your team until they have Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow, you're gonna be, you could be waiting a long time. 
Could Why be. don't you just trust that, like, some teams are not going to have that hand dealt that year or the year after or the year after that, which is how the Seahawks have been. They haven't been able to get that hand. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to play. Okay. So I'm just saying, I feel like the question of can they win with Gino needs to be, they need to. They have no choice. They're trying to win. (laughs) They're trying to do it every single year. And this... This has to be their answer for that yeah, year. So it's the move they need to make. And now we're totally full circle going back to Bump's original point of is it easy? No. Yeah. But it's can, not impossible. Can you do it? Possibly. Sure. Possibly. Likely? Probably not. Not this year. No. But possible. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're gonna circle back to. Let's get to headline rewrites. Headline rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bob and Stacy. The Ravens have said talks with Lamar Jackson will go down to Tuesday's franchise tag deadline. What's the real headline? Ravens having a hard time with an easy decision. Bump, is it a tough decision to figure out whether or not to keep Lamar Jackson? Not a tough decision whether or not to, but how to. Because something, something ain't right right there. The conversation ain't right. The, the belief isn't right. But they got what? 23 minutes, uh, 43 minutes to figure this thing out. Like it's coming down to the wire. And I think they are going to figure it out. I hope that they do. So I, I have news. Oh, snap. It's not, got? it's not exciting oh. news. It's, it's expected news. Uh, this from Adam Schefter. The Ravens have sent notice to the NFLPA, which is a players union that they've placed the, uh, non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. So just so you guys know, that's 32.4 million guaranteed one year deal. Non-exclusive means that he could still be traded and could explore conversations Little with shot. other teams. So yeah. I'm just saying the, the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson doesn't mean Lamar Jackson's with Baltimore in 2023. But as a heads up, that news mm. is out. Uh, I don't know if that's like official, official, but anything uh, from Adam Schefter, I see, is pretty official. Yeah, it's on. Nine anyway, so what do you make of then your reaction to that news? The franchise tag has been placed on Lamar Jackson. To me, this says to the Ravens are like, all right, go go out there and see what else you can get. See if what you're asking, if you can get what you're asking for. I'm assuming I don't know what Lamar Jackson is asking for, what's been going on there. But you do that to say, all right, go test the waters out. See what's up. And uh, we can come back together if you don't get what you want and and talk all over again. Buy them some time. Yeah. Headline rewrites. Trey Wingo reports the Jets and Aaron Rodgers spoke on Monday and Rodgers is open to the idea of going to the Jets. It's the real headline. We are open to the idea of Rodgers in a New York media market. All for it. I'm just saying, look, there are, I am not saying it is up to the job of reporters ever to grill players or be rude or anything, but I am saying that Rodgers has been playing in a pretty friendly media market, and I would just personally love to see him <laughs> get some questions from some New York reporters. Uh, Green Bay, something tells me the media in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Just I'm sorry, was that a Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So Wisconsin. Uh, you know, <laughs> they've been there for a while. Uh, they're not going to hit them with the uh, with the tough ones. At least initially in New York, they're going to go after them. And there's so many people in New York. There's so many pains in New York. Um, he's going to have to fill it. But something tells me, too, that if he were to go over with the Jets, they have a good defense. They got weapons on offense. He's going to transform the way we view the Jets. Will it be good enough? We'll see. But, again, he'll be in the fight. Headline rewrites. Colorado police are investigating Grizzly star John Morant after an Instagram live video showed him displaying what looked like a gun in a nightclub. 
What's the real headline? Play stupid games. You guys know what comes next. Win stupid prizes. Uh, now, whether or not Morant had like a concealed carry permit or whatever, uh, this was in a nightclub. So, or in a club uh, bar. So most of these places. I missed are, that part. No, 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 no. But I, I say this because I think a lot of people did. And, and a lot of people were like, eh, you know, like whatever. It, this is in addition to some other stuff that he's dealt with, which uh, has not been great. This was also in a premise that I'm going to go ahead and guess does not allow for uh, firearms. No. And um, this irresponsible. Yeah. I'm sure he had some liquid courage in him. Got on that live. Uh, you got, what is it? I've only been on live like once my whole life. Little hearts popping up in the corner. You know, little smiley faces and whatnot, <laughs> gassing them up. Got caught up in the moment, bro. Learn from this. Don't let it happen again. Come on, Ja. It's just really sad to see someone as talented as he is. And not only that, but someone with as much star power as he does do dumb things. And the thing with Ja Morant is it's like dumb things in a way that punches down. Literally and figuratively. You're fighting with a 17-year-old at the mall. Like, you're getting into it with a security guard. You're showing a gun for clout on Instagram Live. Like, I love watching him. I'm sure he's he's a fine person. But, like, none of this is really tough. You shouldn't be needing to prove your toughness anyways, right? That's, like, not the healthiest mindset. But all of this is also in a way where it's like, does it make you feel big that you punch down on a 17-year-old? And, like, you know what I'm saying? Man, there's some people... That enter the NBA, enter the NFL, you know where they came from, you know how they grew up, and you understand that there's going to be an adjustment period for this guy. Hopefully not long enough to where he's going to get himself into some serious trouble. He has a good mentorship. The worst part for me about this job situation is that there's nothing in his past that indicates that this is the lifestyle that he lived. Yeah. So now he's being something that he wasn't raised to be. Uh, all right. We are taking your calls at 1 p.m. Was keeping Gino the right call? And uh, we'll let you guys sound off on kind of your Gino take. So, yes, I love Gino, but I still think they should take a quarterback. No, I hated the signing because I think that they can win with Drew and a defense. Whatever your take is, get that one ready. 1 p.m. We are opening up phone lines, giving you guys the mic. We're going to still have our mic, so we're talking back and forth. It's a conversation. Uh, that's coming up at 1 p.m. Uh, we've got some more cuts from Pete talking about the defense. Defense that I thought were really good. That's coming up at 1245. First, though, we got breaking news out of Baltimore with a franchise tag placed on Lamar Jackson. Also, the latest with Aaron Rodgers and three pass rushers who could become unexpected free agents. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. All right, well, the franchise tag deadline's 30 minutes away, but already a report from ESPN's Adam Schefter that Lamar Jackson has been franchise tagged by the Ravens. Schefter says that Baltimore sent notice to the Players Union that they placed the $32.4 million non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Non-exclusive tag means that Lamar can still negotiate with other teams, but the Ravens have the right to match any offer that he signs. Uh, if they don't match, then the team that uh, wants to acquire Lamar has to send two first-round picks in return. I mean, they're saying, look, go out there, see what's going down. Mm-hmm. If we can't come to terms, we're still going to get something out of this deal. You're going to get what you want out of this deal. Just buying time. And, um, man, I just wish I knew what those conversations were like. Because there's just no way the Ravens want to give up Lamar Jackson. No, but it's been going on for two years. They have been negotiating for 25 months. Crazy. Which is like what people say about how old their kid is. You know when you have a baby and they're like, well, how old's your baby? 46 months. <laughs> 
Uh, I stopped at like 18. Yeah, you 18 should, as months, you should. Because like, right, once you hit 23 months, no, your, your child's two. Like two. They're two. They're yeah, about to be two. Yeah. <laughs> 14 months, okay, cool. You know, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Get over it. I'm just kidding. All love, all love. Um, it's only because I can't do math. Um, Raven's uh, executive vice president and general manager, Eric DaCosta, said that uh, they are going to continue to negotiate so that you guys know you can continue to negotiate once you place the franchise tag on a player. It does not mean that player needs to play under the tag. However, there is a deadline for those negotiations. It's usually around the middle to end of July. Um, If you don't reach an agreement on a long-term extension, then that player will play under the tag. Uh, So we basically sent out a statement mentioning we're going to continue to negotiate in good faith with Lamar. We're hopeful we can strike a long-term deal that is fair to both Lamar and the Ravens. Our ultimate goal is to build a championship team with Lamar Jackson leading the way for many years to come. So long story short, this saga, not over. Saga continues. It continues. Next up, uh, Aaron, uh, the latest with Aaron Rodgers, the Jets still in it. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers has received permission from the Packers to speak with the Jets. As you guys know, this would have to be via trade, but it's another step towards, according to NFL Network, a potential separation. Uh, So... The Jets are flying out to visit with Rodgers in California. That's from Tom Pelissero. And that's happening. Sorry, that's happening today. Part of the process. We'll see. I feel like as this offseason continues to progress, get by your free uh, your franchise tag period. Got your free agency coming up. The options for Aaron Rodgers is going to naturally dwindle away yeah. because teams want to get going with their offseason. They want to know who their quarterback is. They want to know how they're going to approach the NFL draft. Now, he still has a lot of leverage. He's still Aaron Rodgers. But at some point, he just has to get it done and figure it out. Well, and I think, too, it's always been Rodgers and the Jets. Like, I know that we were wondering, you were wondering if it would be Rodgers to the Raiders or even Brady before he retired. Mm-hmm. Like, if he might explore that option. Um, now, did you say Jimmy G? I said I Jimmy G no, to you the said Texans. Jimmy G to Houston. Yeah. I forget who you had to the... I don't think we talked about that too much. Oh, Raiders? Who, yeah. No, nah, I mean, my uh, my shot in the dark is if Phillip Rivers <laughs> gets oh, back yeah, in the yeah, league. Yeah, yeah, I like late. that. I like that one, though. Um, but yeah, the... the uh, it feels like the story has always been it's either the Jets or Green Bay. And maybe I'm yeah. simplifying it, but it it feels like that's the avenue they want to take. The Jets have made it very, very clear they are willing to spend on a free agent quarterback. They believe they're only a quarterback removed. And we've had this conversation before, but I want to reintroduce it. We were talking about how tough it is in that market for young players when they're drafted. And that hasn't just been with Geno Smith, a story we've covered closely here. But, I mean, you look at Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson and Geno really struggled as players. You know, not making excuses for yeah. them, but both were also completely annihilated by the New York Jets media. Uh, You've had other guys there that have really struggled. I mean, even Sanchez struggled there. Um, It may take, and this was one of your your opinions, a veteran quarterback to come in there and succeed. Yeah, you need a a guy with a resume who, when all else fails, because you're going to have your trials and tribulations Mm -hmm. throughout the season, that you're able to lean on your past successes and be like, all right, I know I can do that. You guys know I can do it. We're just trying to figure some things out. A rookie is just going to show up wide-eyed and bush-tailed and be like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Help me. All right. You got three pass rushers who either are now or could soon be available in free agency. All three were under contract, so that's why we're talking about them now because they are pleasant surprises who may be available for the Seahawks. The Seahawks finished top 10 in sacks, really struggled with consistently applying quarterback pressure, though. Those kind of came in bunches. So what this team has remained trying to find is a way to consistently apply pressure to the quarterback, hurry the quarterback, not just 
sack him, you know, five times in one game and then not at all for three. <laughs> so let's talk about some of these guys. Bump, I got three names for you. Leonard Floyd, into, uh, outside linebacker previously for the Rams. Um, the Rams are going to try to see if they can trade him first. Uh, Frank Clark, who's reportedly going to be released, and Bud Dupree, uh, who has been released. Dupree, not so great over the last two seasons. He's got seven sacks combined in 2021 and 22 after having eight in 2020 and 11 and a half in 2019, which is a career high with Pittsburgh. So he's currently available. Then you've got Leonard Floyd, who's actually been really good. He has at least nine sacks in each of the last three seasons, which would either be tied for first or lead the Seahawks were he on the Seahawks. And then, of course, you got Frank Clark, a guy whose career high in sacks was still back with Seattle in 2018, but is now potentially available as an edge rusher. That was when they were a more traditional uh, 4-3. Obviously, things are different. Do you like any of these fits for Seattle? I like I like Frank Clark just because I like the way that he plays, but production has been down just a little bit, only five sacks this year, and he's coming from a 4-3 defense. So he left Seattle in a 4-3, went to yeah. Kansas City in a 4-3. These other two, Leonard Floyd and Dupree, are both coming from 3-4 defenses. Naturally, I want Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. I just love his game. He has been a Seahawk killer for the past few years. Ten and a half sacks in 2020, nine and a half in 21, nine and 22. He's going to be probably the most expensive, though. Um, so is that going to be your guy you go after on defense, the big name that you can spend some money on? Um, Dupree just hasn't been productive enough for me. Now, if he wants to come in for the low, veteran low, and, and come out there and compete and be a rotation guy, then okay. Leonard Floyd and Frank Clark, you get these guys in here, you're going to need them to put up double-digit double sacks. Assuming it was on an affordable deal, which Seahawks reunion would you rather see, Bobby Wagner or Frank Clark? Let's oh. assume you can afford it. B-Wags. <clears throat> B-Wags. B-Wags. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, all right. This news broke uh, yesterday, but I'm going to get back to it just while we kind of carve out the quarterback picture. This is obviously Derek Carr. Derek, Derek Carr agreed to a four-year deal with the Saints worth $150 million with around $100 million in guarantees. So the Saints have their quarterback, not only that, but now have the best quarterback in the NFC South. This is why I bring up the Carr news. I want to hear what you think uh, he does for that team in that division, but also so the quarterback market, a little softer than we all expected. Bump, I wonder uh, if that's because of the teams that are drafting. I mean, why do you think this is what we've seen? I think there's that, a couple reasons. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I think that in the NFC, there are a lot of quarterbacks who are good to go for the next couple of years. Right? You're only as good as your options. And at one point, we're looking at the Jets, the Texans, the Colts the Falcons, the Panthers, Mm -hmm. and it's slowly starting to dwindle. The closer you get to the draft, I think the more guys are starting to go, okay, do I want a veteran or do I want to bring a young guy in? The Falcons have an opportunity. The Panthers do. The Raiders do as well. So they might be positioning themselves to make a move and bringing a rookie and saying, okay, we're just going to start all over. Um, But I see Derek Carr going to the Saints, and I say, just get him some help. Alave is going to be there. We'll see what happens with Michael Thomas. He's extremely expensive. Do they still want to keep that bill? Yeah, Ingram, who's going, who's old. Uh, Kamara, are they going to keep him there? There's so many questions over there. And with that big contract that he just signed, do you have enough to give him some help? Now, you restructure it and all that stuff. We're not in depth with that salary cap like the way we are with the Seahawks. But uh, there's an opportunity for him to be the best quarterback in that division, which he should be. Yeah. But I'm still looking at the Carolina Panthers and saying, 
What y'all going to do? Well, what if what they do is trade up to number one overall? Now, we don't know if they're one of the teams talking to the Bears, but we do know, according to a report about an hour ago, that per GM Ryan Poles of Chicago, three teams have spoken with the Bears about trading for the number one overall pick. Now, this could influence the draft in a lot of ways, but bump, something tells me if you're trading for number one overall, it's to get your quarterback, not necessarily to get Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, you ain't trading up for Will or for No Jaylen. offense, Will. No, no offense at all, but... We know when you look at the teams in their situations, what they need right now for at least a starting point. Like, yeah. get this franchise back on track. And we know who the, the suspects might be. Well, I've already mentioned them. The Panthers, Atlanta. You've got the Colts at four, the Texans Colts, at two, Raiders at seven, Raiders, and Falcons yep. at eight. Yeah, all of them need it. All yeah. of them. So, again, keep an eye on those teams. Texans, Colts, Raiders, Falcons, Panthers all have top 10 picks. All are in need of a quarterback. And Ryan Poles said that they've had three convers- or three teams with interest. And I would absolutely believe one of them is Houston. Yeah. Although, if you're Houston, why trade up to number one just to avoid anyone else doing it? Yeah, to get get what you want. You got uh, Ryan's over there as the uh, the new head coach. D'Amico, I'm sorry yes, if I'm D'Amico jacking his Ryan's. name up. Yep, 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 yep. Let him get his guy. And if you got to move up to number one to get it, so be it. All right, you are listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Coming up in 20 minutes, we're going to be opening up phone lines for you guys. I got a simple question. Was keeping Gino the right call? You're going to get into a conversation with Bump and I. We're going to give you a mic, sound off. And um, I will, I'll remind you, but you don't have to keep it limited to like a yes or no. We want to know how you feel yeah. about it since we've been talking about it. So if you're like, hey, I like the move, but I really want to take a quarterback and here's why, you can open it up a little bit. So I don't want to limit you guys and, and me and Bump are both going to uh, sound off as well. So that's coming up at one. Before we get to that, Geno Smith said something really interesting in the latter half of the season that it's the only concern I have about this contract. The only concern I have. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. All right, in 15 minutes, we are opening up phone lines. Your question is simple. Was keeping Gino the right call? Uh, We're going to dive into that with, you know, whether you like it, whether Gino can win a Super Bowl, if you still want to see a quarterback at five, whatever it is, you can take it wherever. But we're starting. Was keeping Gino the right call? Uh, We'll give you the number to call in in about 10 minutes before we get to that, though. Geno Smith uh, struggled in the second half of last year. That's not a secret to anyone. Now, do I think that Geno Smith, uh, you know, is the sole reason that this team uh, didn't make it past the wild card round of the playoffs? No. In fact, I think Geno's play and the play of that passing offense as a whole is part of the reason that you were in the playoffs in the first place. However, 11 uh, interceptions for Geno Smith, seven of them in the final eight games of the season. We know that he struggled late. Geno Smith um, was interviewed about that during the season when these struggles were happening bump and said, look, I think that I'm putting a little too much on myself. I think I'm putting a little too much pressure. So my question is, well, when he started the season, there was no pressure. In fact, there were no expectations. No one thought Gino would do much of anything except for maybe Gino, his agent, and like a handful of other people. By the end of the year, there are now expectations. You were a pro bowler. You were a starter. You didn't miss a single snap, and you helped lead this team to the playoffs. Do you think that any of that pressure might come back and that, in a way, getting this contract, while deserved, brings a level of pressure that Gino might not have felt for the better part of 10 years. That's the first time in his, nah, you know what? When he got drafted. When he got, but that's what I'm saying. Ever since yeah. being drafted, it's like you've... Nah, he's, you um, he hasn't, this is going to be a pressure he hasn't felt before, but that doesn't mean, pressure doesn't necessarily mean that you 
aren't going to play well. No. You know, some people feel the pressure and they fold. They don't want the ball. Yeah. I don't want nothing to do with this. I don't think Gino's that guy. I'm looking at Bob Condota's Twitter right now, and um, he retweeted NFL posted something this season of his life talking about Gino. Um, has led to a contract he's been working towards his whole career, and they're showing like his top 10 picks. Gino reposts that and go, I'll be much better next year. Can't wait. Hmm. So he's already like, look, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. The pressure is going to come from everyone who texts us saying that Gino's overrated. He's just average. He's this and he's that. And you're allowed to think that that's your opinion. Your eyes are telling you something that my eyes aren't telling me. That's fine. That's where the pressure is going to come from. The pressure is going to come from the first time he throws an interception. People throwing their hands up in the air saying, ah, I told you. Like no one else throws an interception. Mm-hmm. There's no denying. Once you get paid. The expectation of your play goes up. People expect you. The team expects you. Your teammates expect you to play at a high level. At the level you played at this year as a pro bowler. That's another question. Can he repeat what he did this year? Which I, I think is going to be tough. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Can he do it? Yes. But there are only a few people in the league who you can look at every single year and say, yep, that dude's going to be a pro bowler. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. After that, anybody can get it. Anybody can get it. So can he insert himself? Shout out Tyler Huntley. Huntley. (laughs) Yeah, shout out Tyler Huntley. Can he insert himself in that conversation to where the next two to three years, you just know that he's going to be a pro bowler? That's the thing. It's like you can't be mad that Geno isn't one of the four best quarterbacks in the league uh, when there are, you know, every other team, 27 other teams uh, that don't have that guy. One of those four or five guys, right? Depending yeah. on the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 27-ish, depending on, you know, whether you consider it four or five, whatever. Um, but, you know, you can still be competitive. You can still be in the playoffs. There's not only four teams in the playoffs. And I think Gino gives you a pretty good shot. When we're talking about pressure bump, I think that, you know, getting paid brings pressure. But I also think that there are ways to take pressure off. It's not just changing your own mindset. Sometimes it's what your team can do. Take a listen to what Pete Carroll said to Brock and Salk about the decisions they have to make on defense. We'll see. We'll see how we do. We've got um, you know, we've got some big decisions to make. And uh, we've got to get better. we got to play better. Um, we transitioned uh, from our scheme uh, not as tightly as I wanted to and so this and since the day it was over we've been on it and you talk about stuff we're focusing on man I've been on it man and I'm really excited about you know with our guys and our coaches and, and and for our players to really tighten the thing so it's really really to the point where it can be great and we can play great football and they need to be great it's important that you hear that cut so that you know Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are aware of the issues and they're working towards fixing the issues it's also important to revisit this because bump the best way to help Gino isn't necessarily to go out and try to, you know, trade for Derrick Henry or uh, draft a wide receiver with your second first round pick. The best way to help him might be to fix this defense, because when you're looking at why this team ended up with essentially plus their wild card loss, a 500 record. I mean, I look at a defense that gave up, you know, more rushing yards than every team, with the exception of Chicago and Houston, the number one and number two overall pick in the draft. I'm looking at a defense that allowed a season high in rushing yards from like eight or nine different running backs, right? Like you're looking at a defense that needs to be better. And that's when I look at Geno and say, I don't care who's under center. I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, Aaron Rodgers. None of those guys are making a defense that struggles that much look excellent. 
because they don't have control over that. So you have to make that defense better, and that's the best way to help Gino with some of that pressure. Yeah, I agree. I was um, talking to someone on the text line, and I, I said earlier, I go, the defense's job is to have Gino's back. He comes back, he or she comes back and says, no, it's 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 to create more opportunities for Gino by taking the ball away. I go, essentially, we're speaking the same language. Yeah. Tomato, tomato, get him, got him, shoot him, shot him. Any way you want to look at it, okay? <laughs> we're saying the same things. Your defense, you want your defense to take the football away. Whether you just gave the ball up, on turn, turn yeah. the ball over, or they're just starting the game and they snatch it away from it and they give you more opportunities to go out there and put points on the board. That's how a defense helps the offense. How does the offense help the defense? You just put up points, right? Ask Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos how that worked out. That defense was great at stopping teams, but weren't allowed to put up points. You got to scratch each other's back. Gino was doing most of the scratching last year, right? He had, I never had one of those back scratchers that you get oh, from like great. Rite Aid. Highly or something. recommend. They're so Damn. simple and yet so useful. So useful. Yeah. Whoever patented that, good for you. Yeah, I know. Rich. Really <laughs> but you got to scratch each other's back. That's how you help Gino. That's how you take some pressure off of Gino. Another good point made by the text lines on um, someone said, Gino put that pressure on himself, and look what it did. Boom. He blossomed. Right, He became a pro bowler. So there's going to be pressure from everywhere, and this is such a team sport. Um, Pete Carroll realizes that. <clears throat> he said, we got to help him out. Not necessarily said him, but as soon as the season was over, I've been all over it. We're making sure that we're going to get this thing right. And you got another year in this system. He's going to make some tweaks to this system. Him and Clint Hurd are going to do his thing. Carl Scott has been promoted to a, a higher role mm-hmm. this year. They're still going to bring somebody in to replace uh, Desai. But now these guys got another year in the system working together. So, yeah, you're right. You show support. You help this guy. You draft well. You get some young bodies. You get a name out there. Defense, take the ball away. Gino, take care of it. All right, you guys. We are opening up the phone lines. Your question was keeping Gino the right call. Uh, you don't just have to call in and say yes or no and hang up. I mean, you can power move, but in an ideal world, you'd be able to tell us a little more about what you think. If you don't like it, why? What do you want to see it happen? If you do like it, why? Do you think Gino can win a Super Bowl? Um, and then I also, you know, you can sound off if you're like, hey, I like it, but I really want them to take Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do, you can kind of take it a number of ways. Um, so that number, 866-979-3776. Brady Bones is back there filling in for Curtis today. Uh, he's on his own, so be patient. He's doing a great job. He's crushing it. You're crushing it, Brady. Uh, but if you call in and get a busy line, uh, then just keep calling or uh, I will let you know when a line opens up to call back in. So we'll try to coordinate for you guys so you can get on air. 866-979-3776. Your question was keeping Gino the right call here in Seattle. That's next.